What's up, guys? It's Chet Hanks, and I just finished with Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. It was a great interview. I had a good time, and we just talked about all sorts of things, you know, in my life and, and everything. So it was dope. What up, everybody? This is Jay Celine. This is Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. And I'm Melissa Ford, a.k.a. The Curve Queen. Your boy Giovanni. Hola. Okay, and we have a new swole, um, <laughs> Chet Hanks, that just swole walked mate. in. Yes, sir. Okay, so listen, before we get started, literally the day I woke up and thought, I need to interview Chet Hanks. I swear this sounds kind of mm-hmm. weird because like out of all the people in the world, you could have been thinking of. Of course, I thought about Beyonce, but she ain't yes. fucking with me. Yeah. Um, I thought of Chet. We were at lunch at yeah. Le Petit Four and yeah. I, here he comes walking down the street. Yeah. Love Le Petit yeah. Four. And so here we so are. So you recognize right. who he was. Right. Are you crazy? Yeah. I'm a consumer of pop culture. We write about stuff all day long. Of course I know Chet is. I'm just saying because this <laughs> is my first time. Ever like I, I only thought it was Colin. So now I know about you. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. think that. Yeah, I never knew he had another one. Yeah. Well, I, I got a little well, brother too. Oh, yeah. cool. and a sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. well, I didn't know about the other siblings because Chet knows how to stay in the media. Yeah, we does. Hollywood unlocked. <laughs> we write about. We write about popular people. But True. we talked yesterday on the phone. So you haven't done a lot of sit down interviews. No, I haven't. I haven't. Okay, well, we feel privileged. I appreciate you for coming. coming. No, thank you guys for having me up here. Always, it's dope. It's a blessing to be able to come and do things like this. So, thank you guys. I was waiting for the text to say, "Uh, I can't make it." (laughs) (laughs) But I just, I prayed. I said, "Come on, Chad, don't let me." Okay, so um, well, first, congratulations on your little girl. Beautiful, she's absolutely gorgeous. Thank you so much. What is it? Makaya. Makaya. That's a really beautiful name. So so for Chet that doesn't know, Giovanni has, he struggles with pronunciation. We try to help him. (laughs) So we jointly shaped that into a name. But no, no, she's really gorgeous. Um, And we're definitely going to get into that. Okay, so let's go all the way back. So um, most people know you for being completely reckless on social media. Facts. Mm. I have to start with, you know, I was on Love and Hip Hop for two, uh, you know that, right? I, I actually didn't know that until... I ran into you. Okay. So I was on there with your ex, Hazel. We had a moment. Um, so how did you and Hazel end up even meeting each other? Because when I think about the universe, I don't really think about you two being in the same place. Yeah. How we, did that happen? We, we actually we actually met each other just out one night. I was at Katana on Sunset. Okay. And I was just out. I was like at the bar and uh, and I, I saw like this girl. I was like like looking at me and I just went up to go talk to her. So that was it. That's, that's how we Swag. met. Yeah, mm. yeah, pulled her. Yeah, oh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to anybody. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll so let's go, talk, so let's talk. Let's talk about the time you got at Megan Good. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was on the day we met. Swag. Yeah. Tell that story because I thought it was funny. <clears throat> well, right after I had ran into Jason, and we had met for the first time, I I just got out. I got out of the gym and I walked to go get some food at Takaya. You know Takaya on, yep. uh, on Sunset. Out of my budget. It's I a health. No, it's her. a healthy restaurant. <laughs> no, oh, no, no, it's good. It's good. It's like, yeah, it's like a healthy like Mexican food. Gotcha. And uh, this is like directly after we had spoke. Um, and I went and and uh, I like I went to go get some food and uh, and uh, she was there, and I was like, yo, I'm not gonna like like go see like Megan Good in person and like not, not try like, to hit on and like not take the opportunity <laughs> yeah, to like yeah. say something. So I went when she was leaving. I, I went up to her and I was like, yo, yo, yo. I was like, yo, you know, I, I, I talked to her a little bit and I was like, can I get your number? And she was like, I'm married. And I was <laughs> like, so? I was like, oh, oh, oh I, I had no idea. No, he, he, I had no idea she was married. So oh, it was wow. a massive failure. It was a massive failure, but I give myself props for, for making Listen, the effort. Listen, you so shoot bad. for trying. You, you know what I mean? You, you, you shot, shoot for the stars. You yeah. shot your 
shot, shot. Yeah. like yeah. you're supposed to. Yeah. But it's funny when you left. So uh, I call, so we, me and Melissa walked up. You told us. I called Megan. I said, hey, Megan, you ran into uh, Chet? She said, yeah. She said, he didn't know I was married, but he was so nice. I said, hey, listen, the man gets a gold star for shooting the shot. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Man, I would be terrified, bro, so salute to you. Hey, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? So mm-hmm. Listen, that's the mentality. I, I was just telling the story a minute ago. I met Oprah yesterday, and I and wow. there were so many things I wanted to say, but you know, like, you do forget. I mean, you don't forget, but you just like, fuck, she don't want to hear that shit. Mm. So I just said, hello, I'm a fan, kept it pushing, yeah. stole a picture. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> So I, 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 I like I do that too. Like sometimes I'll like fanboy out for a little minute. Yeah, and I'll like be like, man, like they have to deal with shit. Okay, like, wait, wait, that's, wait. Who are you a fan? Of? Yeah, like, who would you fan yeah. out for? All right, well, I'll give you the most recent story of okay. me becoming like a, a total fanboy. Okay, was I was in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, uh, like working, mm-hmm. and I went with uh, Irv Gotti, uh-huh. who is directing this thing, the, the show I'm in called Tales. Yeah. Okay. He took us all to Magic City, like on our first night. Nice. There, on, I saw on, that on a Monday. Yeah. Uh, on a Monday. It's the tonight. best night. Yeah, yeah. Monday is the best night at Magic uh-huh. City. Yeah. yeah. So he took us there on Monday, and yeah. on, and and on the way out, we're walking out, and Gucci is walking in. <laughs> Gua. Gua. Yeah. And, and Gucci's like, "Hey, yo, what's up, Irv? Like, hey, Irv." So he starts talking to Irv, and I'm and I'm standing, and and, and I'm standing right there like yeah. this, like in the middle. Like I really look, I froze up, I froze. So up. So you decide the fanboy over Gucci man. Well, let me like exactly. Well, that's what happened. I didn't decide, but that's what happened. Got you. If I had decided, I would have like tried to be like more cool, but I like uh-huh. totally fanboyed out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, like when Irv was like, I was just standing there like this, and then when Irv was like, yo, this is Chet Hanks, I was like this. It's an honor to meet you. I was like, yo, it's an honor to meet you. What did he okay, say? Can, he went like this. He was like this. Uh, I, I, I. This is, okay, this is the thing I'm trying to understand, and I'm, I know the fans are going to go after yes. me. Like, Motherfucker, how are you supposed to be in hip-hop? You don't know. Why are so many people crazy for Gucci Mane? I mean, I really don't know. He, he's a legend. Right. He's a legend. I will agree. And, you know, like, uh, he's kind of like the father of, like, the current trap music. Today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bitch, that might be. But very well Even played. I know his music. <laughs> very well kind of, He kind of, him and Zaytoven really started, like, the whole style today. Mm. So he, he research. Knows. He knows yeah. And I've been listening to Gucci since, you know, like. Since he was fat. You know, since, since, <laughs> since hey, he was buddy, hey, buddy, know me, you know. Hey. I don't remember my that. kitchen. Like, like, I don't remember that song, but I did meet Gucci <laughs> at uh, Ace's Strip Club in New York. Mm-hmm. I did a quick photo bomb because yeah. I wasn't going to, I just said hi. He's a really nice guy though, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I took my little photo bomb and I kept it pushing. Okay, so speaking of hip hop, I was watching Wendy Williams one day, who you've had a lot to say about and who's had a lot to say about you. Oh, you yeah. And you, she had talked yeah. about you wanting to get on Love and Hip Hop. What, <laughs> do you, would you do <laughs> Love and Hip Hop? <laughs> All right, let me, let me clear this up. Let me clear this up. <laughs> Um, one night I was watching, I was flipping the channels and Love and Hip Hop Atlanta was on mm-hmm. and I was watching it for a second and I was like, man, this, this is so funny. Like, it's so funny. It it's is. like, people are like, so like over the top, like extra. It's like a soap opera. It's like a soap opera. Yeah. And I was like, I was watching it from like a production standpoint mm-hmm. because like, I'm imagining like how they make the show. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, when they do the interviews with people, like the, the you know, green like, screen. Like, well, yeah, the confessionals. Yeah. And they're all talking with their hands like, Big and I, right. I don't know what she was saying. <laughs> she came in the spot and she was like, oh, hell no. So I was like, I hate so, I was like so I was imagining it and I'm like, I, I get why they do that. It's because they have a produ- they have a producer off screen who's like, who they just, they're just talking normally. And then they're like, yeah, but you know what? Can you just do it more time? Like do a little bit more animated. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Use your hands a little more. Mm-mm. So they're like, oh, okay, fuck. Like, yeah, so she came in and I was like, I don't know what. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, but I started thinking, I was like, what if like someone went on the show, but like completely ignored 
like all like the production directions. Yeah. Just like behaved like completely well, normal. Let me tell you how they do it. So Treva, shout out to Treva. She's sitting shout there in the cut Treva. saying she's sitting there in the cut saying, you know, try it again this way. And they have you do it so many times that when they do cut it up, you do look fucking crazy. Cause when I saw my first green screen, I was like, let me tell you what I think. And I don't even talk like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so when fans it. run up to me and they're reenacted, I'm like, bruh, I'm not even I ain't even feeling this conversation right now. <laughs> but you would never do love and hip hop. No, I'd never do love and hip hop, and that and that's like no shade about love and hip hop because this is the reason. Um, it, it it all depends on your brand and and what it is you do. Mm-hmm. If depending on your brand, it can be a positive thing for you. Yeah, you know, it, it could be a good move for you. Right. Um, but well, like for me, I'm an actor, so it for for an actor like a professional actor that does you know like scripted series, films, and TV. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it, it doesn't make sense for me to do a reality show. It it just doesn't. So when you went on Instagram. Talking about, you know, come let me come on the show. You was being funny. Yeah, I was being satirical and sarcastic. Yeah, satirical. I, 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 I you hear that? I, oh, no, I know. I was going to be like, Gio, take <coughs> notes. She's the I, I act noted. A I, I act a fool on my Instagram. You know, like, I, I just, yeah. like, I, I'm, like, clowning around, like, 90% of the time. No, you acting so, a fool so, on your Instagram. Yeah. Has, that, has that held you back from getting auditions or roles? Well, well let, me, let me, like, back in the day, I was acting a fool because <laughs> I was a fool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm acting a fool because I'm playing around, but I, and I'm not. And yeah. I'm not going too far. Same difference. Wait, so when you yeah. say so well, when you say that Valentine's Day is yeah. a difficult holiday because there's too many hoes, is that you being funny, or <laughs> or do or do you really feel like it's a whole holiday that could break your bank? Well, that is funny, and it's also true. <laughs> yeah. Because if you do have a lot of hoes, I'm not saying I do. <laughs> but if you do have a lot of hoes, then Valentine's Day is the most stressful day of the year. Yeah. And then when you had the guns on Instagram and Howard Stern was hiding for his life because he was in fear, <laughs> was that comedy or was that I really want to shoot him up? Oh, uh, well, I don't think I, I definitely held up guns on Instagram, but <laughs> I didn't. But I didn't like at Howard Stern or anything. <laughs> but uh, like those were like two separate things. But uh, were they real guns? Or was they were the real bow, guns. Bow, they, they, no Bow Wow challenge. Oh, no, they were real guns. Gotcha. They weren't my guns. They were my homie Josh's guns. He's got <laughs> a ton real of guns for that, dog. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I got I like that. That's dope. Yeah. I guess people people are having a difficult time separating, you know, the fuckery from before, from from you now adopting this kind of stance where you're making a parody of your former self kind of thing. Yeah, it's true. And that's why I wanted to come up here. Yeah. Because there's so much, there's so much out there of, of, of fuckery, Mm. you know, with, with me participating in fuckery. Isn't that a great word, fuckery? Like almost like how James Franco was in Spring Breakers making fun of Riff Raff. Yeah. 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 Well, there's so much out there from that, from that time. And uh, so I wanted to come up here because, you know, this is the bottom line. I, I'm I'm sober now. Mm. I've been sober from for like two years. Wow. Oh, congratulations! Next, That's yeah. hard. I can't stay away from wine for a day. So I'm, yeah. I'm a, next so month will be two years. So were awesome. you were you drinking? Were you doing drugs or doing a combination of? Oh, I was doing a hell of a lot of drinking and drugs. Okay, <laughs> cocaine drugs. Yeah, okay. cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> but so, and so have you? So you're are you now? So what made you decide to go sober? Was there an intervention? Because what I told uh, our group was we aren't as necessarily interested in talking about your parents because we all know you're tom hanks and rita wilson's uh son which by the way i love both right mm. we're, we're not shout out you know, we, we want to I, I think it's i think you're fascinating i think the fact that thank you thank i you. think that your your upbringing where you've come from what you've gone through like i really like the fact that this show allows people to kind of see themselves in our guest and i know for me i struggle with alcohol i still struggle with alcohol mm-hmm. i went sober for two and a half years um, and I, I started drinking after my brother died. So then I decided, then I did an event with Whitney Houston and she died the next day. Now that made me go sober for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. 
clearly I'm back on the on the train. Mm. Um, what was the thing that made you decide to just go completely sober? <sighs> well, it was a uh, it, it was my daughter. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was finding out that I was going to be a father. But apart from that, uh, I had just completely ran my life into the ground. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just got to a point where I was like, yo, <clears throat> it, it, I have me doing things my way has ran my life into the ground, mm-hmm. you know? And this is, I don't want to, I don't want to go on this way anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, I can't go on this way anymore. And I was in that place, very dark place. Um, when I found out that I was going to be a father. So it was like, you know, it, it was honestly, I, I really believe that if it wasn't for my daughter, that I may never have made that change. You know, I, I could you be dead. I life. could be dead or in jail because she really saved my life because it was at the point where I didn't give a fuck about myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't give a fuck what happened to me. You know, I, I was beyond that. So it, it really needed something beyond myself to to motivate me to make the change. And it was it was my daughter. You know so what I'm saying? when you were having the burnout or you were doing all the crazy things. Were your parents trying to reach you though? Oh yeah, and, yeah. And were you not able to hear that? They were trying to reach me. I wasn't uh, in communication with them because I had so much anger and resentment towards them. Wow, really? You know I mean? really? So really? I, yeah, they they tried. They really tried, but you know, like they 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 wanted me to get better, but I didn't, I didn't want myself to get better. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So when someone is trying to, you can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it. Drink. So you say you had so much anger and resentment towards your parents. Why, man? That's that, that's a. You know, like there's no, there's no easy answer to that question, but it's, it's not, but, but the truth is it wasn't anger and resentment towards them. It was just easy for me at the time to be angry and and resentment towards everybody other than myself. The wisdom that comes. The truth was I was, I was, I was angry and resentful at myself. Yeah. I hated myself, but uh, like an addict, like when, when you're in your disease and when you're in your, your addiction, you blame everything and everybody everybody. except for yourself. Well, it's funny because my mother, my mother was actually a, she was a drug addict. She was addicted to cocaine, heroin and alcohol. Um, and, and so I grew up in the foster care system. So I had a lot of resentment. I mean, like it was even when she was dying in the hospital, it was hard for me to forgive her. Cause I'm like, mm, yeah. I felt like I had a reason mm-hmm. to be mad, but I mean, of course, retrospect, retrospect, looking back and having gone through all the processing of it all, you kind of look at it like, okay, shit, you decide to be happy or unhappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not anybody else's yeah. reason why you're that way. Yeah. But most people would look at you and say, okay, well, he was a silver spoon kid. He grew up wealthy. I mean, I fell in love with your father jumping up and down on the damn big I toys. Exactly. We have we just have to address the fact of who your father is. I mean, Tom Hanks is literally my favorite actor. Yeah, my like girl he got could, a big crush on him. He crush. He's a married Gio, man. Geo, for fuck's sakes. Everybody has a crush on somebody. She has a crush on him. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, you don't really you don't ever really meet someone who's like, nah, fuck Tom Hanks. <laughs> right, you no, you know when you think of Tom Hanks, you you definitely think of you like, don't think mess. Okay, you think you you think dad. He's going yeah. to heaven. You think dad. You think awesome. Yeah. You know this is the guy I would yeah. love to be and, raised and it, by. And that's all accurate. Yeah, that's all accurate. I mean, you, that's the truth. You can't. He he's he, a great dad. Yeah, you, he, and my mom is a great mom. Exactly. Like, and Rita Wilson. I'm also like a huge. Yeah. I was just watching her episode of Law and Order SVU where yeah. she had a young son who was kind of fucking up. Anyways, we're just going to skate right over that. Funny how Ch- art imitates life Ch- sometimes. Ch- Ch- get, no, say that again. Art imitates life. We need, yes. we need to get Chad a, ch- uh, a check for that episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, get yes. me on the back end. Definitely, yes. definitely have to acknowledge the fact that, you know, you seem wise beyond your years. And it seems Thank you so much. It really oh, seems right. like, you know, when people come out of that cloud of addiction, that they see life in, a, in so much more of a clearer fashion than just the average person. But, you know, you've 
I'm just wondering, like, as a child of like, you know, how nepotism kind of went the wrong way for you. Did you like kind of at one point resent the level of success that was kind of like imposed upon you? This is a great question. You're Tom Tom Hanks' son. It is expected of you to be and Rita Wilson's son. You're expected to be as great as they are. That's a heavy burden. Well, this is uh, like this is. Really interesting. I didn't know if you guys wanted to get into this, but I'd love to. Uh, You know, we see how you guys. We try to follow where the guest wants to go. If you want to go there, we're gonna. I'd love to go there. Okay, I'd love to go there. Yeah, because this is really interesting. There's no easy explanation to this, Mm -hmm. and it's and I've been figuring it out my whole life. Mm -hmm. Of like, what you know, like how do I like how does this affect me? And for a long time, not even knowing that it did affect me because I have nothing else to compare it to. Mm -hmm. I just have my life. I don't Mm -hmm. know. So looking back in retrospect now as an adult, I see like, you know, how I've I've struggled like with with things in my past. But at the time going through it, not being aware that like I'm really like dealing with anything. Mm -hmm. It was just all very like cloudy and confusing. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because Mm -hmm. of how this affected me. But here's the bottom line. Um, When I was like, this is like a good like anecdote Mm -hmm. to kind of express it. When I was like 13 or 14, um, me and my parents were in Washington, D.C., and we got the invitation to go to the White House. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was when George Bush was president. So, we, you know, we were in the White House and we're not expecting like to meet him or anything. But mm-hmm. like he comes like the secret, secret service comes. They clear out the hallway. They're like the president's coming out. We're like, oh, shit. So mm-hmm. I'm 14. Mm-hmm. Were you listening to trap music then? <laughs> Gucci, man. man back, then, back then I was listening to like Tupac and like the Beastie Boys. <laughs> okay, okay. Shit. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... So, so the president comes out and, and we, we meet him and I'm 14 and, and you know, my mom goes, this is my son, you know, like yada, yada. And he go and, and he looks right at me and he goes, Hey Chester, how does it feel to be a son of a famous father? <laughs> like put me on the spot. And I was like, I was like, well, Mr. President, there's a lot of advantages, but sometimes it can be pretty awkward. Mm-hmm. And he said, huh, that's a good answer. I think I know a little something about that. So basically huh. it's like this. It's like, it's like I wouldn't change my circumstances for the world because mm. there are so many, there's so many advantages and opportunities to it. But at the same time, it can lead you up to the door, but you have to walk through the door. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, if you don't, if you don't, if you're, if you're not prepared to walk through the door, then it's going to burn you. Mm-hmm. you know and, I mean? and you have to have equity to stay in the room. You know, like even if you get in the room, you have to have something that keeps you there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But to go to go like way back, um, my life, uh, like growing up, felt like a paradox a lot of the time because uh, there was this there was this great divide between what everybody expected my life to be like and how like I or and who I was versus like the reality. So basically it's like this, like the whole world like expected that I had this like very like privileged life and I did have a privileged life, but they expected it to be like me, like, like running around like this Richie rich, rich, like Richie Rich, like, like I didn't have a care in the world. I had like endless money and I could just like hang out by a swimming pool all day, like drinking mm-hmm. margaritas McDonald's and I'm like whipping room. around like Rolls Royces mm-hmm. and shit, like partying in mansions. Like that's what they expected my life was. And it wasn't like that at all. 
Tell at us. all. Like, there were kids that I grew up around that did live like that. Mm-hmm. But you were on allowance. But I wasn't, no, like, let me tell you something. Let me, let me put it like this. <laughs> like, where other kids, like, like boom, 16th birthday, like, what you want? Benz, like, like, being like, Flo- like, like Floyd want? Mayweather's like, you daughter. Just got, you just got your driver's permit. <laughs> like, Floyd, like, Floyd is our, Floyd's our sponsors. Like, his daughter had Drake and Future perform with this big old bash with a G Wagon given <laughs> that's to her. Dope. That's that, dope. That's dope. That sounds like I'm saying. Sounds good. I, I would have liked to be there. You know? <laughs> but, next uh, time, next time. But, like, like, where's. Like, world. Like, it, 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 like, I grew up with kids like that, you know, 16, like, what you want? Um, but me, it was like, yo, dad, can I get some money? He was like, yeah. Like go wash my car. I'll give you twenty bucks. Wow! Wow! You know what I mean? Like wow. it wasn't like that. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like that. Like wow. I got like like and because my parents were are first of all they're very smart and they're very modest and humble. Mm. Wow. So they were aware of the fact of like okay like if we raise this kid like the wrong way like it's all gonna go bad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because he's gonna be in the public eye. He's gonna have a lot of attention on him. And if we just, you know, give him things, then then he's going to be spoiled. You know what I mean? So so not only did they not spoil me, but they went to like far lengths to make sure like that I was like as normal as possible. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like growing up, like I had it like harder than a lot of the kids like that, like whose parents like weren't like any like rich like like, or just not rich like you your your dad could be like a dentist or some shit and like those kids were like balling out compared to me. You know but what then, I mean? But then what do you think made you go left and get into drugs and alcohol and black girls and trap music? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, what, what made you go there? Because right, well, wait, 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 well, let me say this. Because when I think of Forrest Gump um, and when I think of your mother, who I believe is just lovely, I don't think of Gucci Mane, black girls... Uh, cocaine grill. You have grills. You do have a grill. Not right now. Well, I got it made for the for but, the show for oh, the okay. role that I was okay. doing. Oh, but, I thought I but, thought she was coming out with an album. I'm like, okay. Well, I, I did have grills for the for the role that I was doing. I went out and made a grill for for the, for okay. the character that I was doing, which I want to get into. Okay. But uh, at the same time, I, I was really just an excuse because I've always wanted grills. <laughs> I got a, I got a good grill guy. So how did you go? So how did you go left? If, if they were normalizing your upbringing and right, so that, check, how did you so go check left? This out, check this out. This is another part of the paradox that I'm talking about. Um, growing up, everybody, it seemed like everybody, everywhere I went, you know, like, you know, different schools, you know, high school, you know, college, whatever. It was always like, it was, it, it, it was never like this. Oh, that's, that's Tom Hanks' son? Oh, like, I'm going to go kiss his ass. Like, I want to go be friends with him. It was the opposite. It was like, oh, I'm gonna fuck with him. That's Tom Hanks' son. It was like, fuck that guy. I bet he thinks he's so fucking cool. He thinks he's like, he, he's such hot shit because of who his dad is. Fuck him. You know what I mean? That's that was the attitude towards me <laughs> everywhere I went, everywhere I went. So that led to me developing a chip on my shoulder because I didn't think I was cool. I I I, th- I wanted you to like me. I just wanted to make friends. Like I didn't think I was cool. Like I didn't think I was hot shit. Like. I, I wanted to be you know, just like anyone else. You know what I mean? So I dealt with all this negative energy surrounding me. And it's like everywhere I went, people weren't getting to know me. It's like, oh, who are you? You're Chet? Okay, what's up? What's up, Chet? It was like, oh, yeah, well, I know who you are. You know what I mean? Mm. So that was the energy surrounding me my whole life. And I didn't get it. Like, I didn't understand why. Mm. All right? So that led to me, like, people fucking with me. Not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Not like I fuck with you, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But like fucking with me. So that led to me developing like a real chip on my shoulder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a real chip on my shoulder where it's like, like, like to like basically like get people to like stop trying to punk me. 
You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I would rather be in, I would rather make myself intimidating than make myself friendly. Yeah. Because I mean, when that I makes made sense. myself friendly, people mistook my kindness for weakness and they yeah. try to punk me. You know what I mean? Like, like for real. Like, I know I went to private school and shit, but like, we got in fights shit and shit too. Like, right, that right. shit happened too, you know? But you also have a degree. You went to Northwestern, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're smart as fuck. That's why that big word you used a long time ago that I already well, forgot. Well, well, I forgot Satirical. That probably made Melissa wet over there. Shut uh, up. Uh, she was amazing. Dictionary thesaurus all in one. No, because, well, first of all, talking to the mic, we're on the radio. But when you walked in, when you walked in the building, she saw you through the glass. I saw you check out his body. We're going to get to him be, working fuck? out the gym. Listen, we all know you're down with the swirl, and we know he's down with black women. So, the Damn. daughter that you had by your, ba- by okay, your baby mom. Okay, hold on. Wait, hold on. Hold on. The daughter that you had with the black woman, was that a planned... Pregnancy? Pregnancy, or did that happen on accident? No, it wasn't a plan. It wasn't a plan. So, it was a blessing just in, out of nowhere. Blessing yeah. in disguise. Yeah. yeah. So, with all of them, mm-hmm. everything that's coming out in the media, mm-hmm. the names, Jigaboo, Negroid, how does that make you feel? How did that make you feel? Oh, man, I don't pay any attention to that. Mm-hmm. I don't pay any attention to that. I wouldn't say that the, they were necessarily like all over the place. They were like on some really obscure bullshit racist fucking WordPress. There's always going to be like, like, there's always going to be parasites I mean, out that. Like, I mean, like you're looking at two there. people who like, you know, are half black and half white. So, you know, like you choose to like, you know, hear it or ignore it, you know? So, I mean, I, I learned very early on, like yeah. when I first started, like, like when I, okay. Like I learned very early on when I started like, you know, like being like in the public eye to have thick skin and just and, and just not let that affect me. Because mm-hmm. because even if you get angry about it, mm-hmm. then 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 you're, you're not then, then you're allowing them to breach your inner peace. Right. You, you literally like you literally just like if you even have any type of emotion about it, mm-hmm. then they've already breached your inner peace. And you just have to accept that that's part of the world. There's always going to be sick parasitic people out there in the world mm-hmm. that are just like like peasants of the soul peasants of the mm. mind you must have had you a really I mean? good therapist so when you were on your rants and doing all of your crazy things what were the phone calls from your family like were they were they like okay chet you need to relax or was it just <laughs> yeah, like stop drinking the jungle juice it was like it, it was like it was like chet like what are you doing like you are fucking up like just stop like stop like you cannot win this like you cannot like 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 fight your way out of this. Like wow. just stop. And I was just like, I wasn't even trying to hear it because I didn't even have a relationship with my family at that point. When you were having all the issues and things that were going on, did you did you have real good friends around you, or were you pretty much just out by yourself, burning out? I, I've always had my, my my real good friends in my life. I always have my real good friends in my life. But at that, like that, there were times when my friends were like, "Yo, dude, like, what are you doing, man? Like, what are you doing?" Like they said that to me, but I also had a bunch of bullshit ass people in my life that, that I, I was like going out of my way to, to kick it with. And that's what like drug culture does to you. You know what I mean? Like that, that when you're on drugs, that's what happens. You end up surrounding yourself with, with, with other people who are sick. You know what I mean? And misery loves company because you're all like, you got the same mission, which is just to, to get high and get mm-hmm. high together. So it's like you pull your resource together so you could, so you can accomplish that objective of, of getting high. And you know, the outcome is that you're just surrounding yourself with a bunch of really sick people. And the reason why I asked the question is because earlier we had talked about Chris Brown and kind of knowing Chris from back in the day to where he is now, the Chris that I used to know is gone. Like the Chris now is surrounded by a lot of people that I feel keep him in that place because Mm -hmm. they need him to keep that thing going. I could see somebody like you having people around for like what you just said to like kind of keep, you know, to bring your resources together. Mm -hmm. So like for somebody like a Chris Brown that's had those troubles, and having come out of that yourself, what advice would you have for him? 
I don't have any advice for Chris Brown. I, I couldn't tell him shit. <laughs> I can't tell Chris Breezy shit. I mean, he's a goat, man. So, yeah, I mean. The- but some of the greatest have died at 27 years old. Janis Joplin. Um, Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Uh, so mm-hmm. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about Chris Brown's life, but I'm sure that he has the wherewithal to to, to keep himself, you know, good, you know, no matter what. So. Okay, so not to personalize it for Chris, for anybody out there who may have been in your situation and wants to get through it to where you are now, what advice would you give them? Uh, for anybody who would like it was in my situation yeah. mm-hmm. with, with a drug addiction or alcohol addiction. Well, there are certain things you have to do mm-hmm. if you want to uh, like change your life yeah. and, and, and get sober and stay sober. There's certain things you have to do. Yeah. Getting rid of those toxic friends yeah. is, is one of them. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a must right. for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. The other thing is you gotta, you, you gotta um, have a spiritual life. Right. You have to talk to God. Mm-hmm. You got, you, you, you have to, you have to, Basically, turn your will over to God's will. I mm-hmm. love that. That's the bottom line. Well, speaking of positive influences in your life, you know, I'm also a, as much of a fan of your um, mom and your dad. I'm also a really big fan of your brother, Colin. Um, first time I was ever really like introduced as to who he was was he was on my favorite TV show, Dexter, um, playing <laughs> yeah. a serial killer. So like he that won, he won my heart. Um, yeah. What's your relationship like with Colin? Are you guys you yeah. know, super close? Yeah. How was how did he help you or you know what was what role did he play when you were at your most troubled? He would just let me know that he was there for me. Mm-hmm. Didn't try to judge me or, seems really or tell nice me what to too. do. <laughs> he was just he, he just let he is really nice. Yeah. He's a great guy. He just let me know he he just let me know that he was there for me. Right. So who's older and who's younger? Colin's older. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So your mother, she's a cancer survivor. Yeah. When, yeah where, how did you find out about that and that, what impact did it have on you? Were you in the space, mental space to be able to handle that or process it? Um, that's a, uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I'd rather not talk about that. Okay. That's understandable. Yeah. yeah. That's but she's good now. And I thank God, you know what I mean? Okay. It's all good, and it's a and I thank God. You know what I mean? No, we're we're definitely happy. I mean, I read online that she was doing better. Right. What lessons do you have for your daughter? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Where, do you, where do you start right now? How old is she now? She's like a year and a half. A year and a half. Gotcha. Yeah. So get ready because I got a fourteen year old daughter. So that's a whole mm. different ballpark. Yeah. So man. what life lessons do you have? Oh, you t- why don't you give me some game? <laughs> <laughs> I realized that, like, as far as like doing drugs and when you get older you know you, you get like a teenager and you start getting curious about like alcohol and like smoking weed and shit <clears throat> i kind of feel like if you if you are like really try to make try to force someone to not do that mm. it makes it more appealing to do that mm-hmm. um so i'm not gonna like like project the fact that like i'm like a, a, a drug addict like onto her mm. as if like oh if she does it then she's gonna be like me Thing, uh like that's possible because like it, it's like it's a genetic thing but you know what i mean like i, I just want to i, I kind of plan on just like like letting her know like yo like like just like be honest you know what i mean like like i'm here like just you don't got to keep secrets from me mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what i mean like you're not gonna get in trouble like like just you, there has to be communication because it, if you feel like you're gonna get in trouble if like you tell your parents something then you're just gonna you know try to hide keep that it shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so did how are you gonna normalize fame or just recognition and from the press with her um and were you prepared for it like did you was there any process where you were told or trained on how to deal with it mm. people want to talk about you because of who you are yeah uh like it's crazy i, I really had, wasn't trained uh, I, like i was just like m- my parents were just like yo stay out of it you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and w- when i like the first time i was in the public eye 
was like really like the first time I was really in the public eye was like 2010. And it was when I uh, put out like a song called like White and Purple. And it was like a remix of like Wiz Khalifa's Black and Yellow. <laughs> and it was about like my college. Like mm-hmm. it was about like going to college parties. Like it was literally a song that I made like just to play like at our college parties, mm-hmm. period. And like I put it out and like it went viral. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. Did you I, understand why? Yeah, I understood why, but I didn't like, I, I didn't um, anticipate that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But when it happened, I was I understood why. But this is what I didn't understand. Um, like, why people, like, could not wrap their heads around the fact that, like, I was rapping. Right. It was mm-hmm. like, people couldn't wrap their heads around that. Like, how could Tom Hanks' son, like, a rich, like, white kid, have the audacity to, like, rap bars? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it was he's like, so, he's how so could he? How could he? But but I wasn't, like, talking about anything mm-hmm. that was, like... But I don't even like, think it that. I don't, think, like, I don't even think it's just Tom Hanks, though. Mm-hmm. I think because I look at... We talked about clickbait earlier. Mm-hmm. People that write stories with those fancy titles and make people click it. Anytime they want to take a jab at you or talk about you, they'll put Tom Hanks as the first two words. So everybody clicks it to see what the fuck is yeah. going on. Yeah. And, and what I love about Chet now, and just from what I've seen, even if you do the research, you've been doing your own thing. You don't hijack the name or the family and put that in front of who you are. You ne- I've never seen anything where you've done that. So no. what I think is, I think it's not just the Tom Hanks or Rita Wilson. Mm-hmm. I think it's the fact that if you are white and you have an appreciation for urban culture or hip hop mm-hmm. music or anything, because even when Eminem came out and yes. was seriously rapping, yeah. he was tested. Now yes. he's the great, the greatest, yeah. you know? Yeah. Do you think it's, do you, cause I think where you were talking about earlier with the racism and the stuff that we found mm-hmm. online, mm-hmm. do you think it's just that people don't want to, they will they they have a hard time legitimizing somebody who's not black that wants to rap i don't think it's that that the, i don't think in my case i don't think it was so much about race as it was about class class yeah. okay. okay because because i cuz there are plenty of white rappers you know mm-hmm. it's not like, like that's not a big deal and and yeah and even now it's like even now like the culture of 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 rap or hip hop or whatever you want to call it is it includes every race like mm-hmm. with the kids now, like the, like seventeen, eighteen year old kids now, it's every race. Like yeah, the, I agree. The, it's it's and it, and it's not about class either. It's not about like you know whether you grew up in the hood or not. Mm-hmm. It, it's all races, all classes. That's what hip hop is now. That's what that's what the culture is yeah. now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hear like Migos talk about culture because that's what it is. This is the culture, mm-hmm. and it's American culture. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. just like rap culture now. Yeah. Like it's American culture. It's mainstream American culture now. So you say that you bring up culture. Um, Speaking on the current events right now, we know we got the Bill Maher situation with the house nigga. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that term he used, do you still feel like you're um, okay to say the word nigga? Well, you've been criticized N- for using it yeah. before. No, I don't. I don't. And at the time, you know, I had like my explanations for it. And the, my explanations at the time was basically, <clears throat> oh, you know, I mean, like, like there's plenty of like a white people, like people that aren't black that that use the word, mm-hmm. and I, my my black friends use it with me. I use it at them. That mm-hmm. was my explanation at the yes. time. But I was on, you know, I was on, I, I was on a lot of drugs. I didn't give a fuck. I was like very comfortable being reckless because that's kind of what I made my identity to be. I made my identity into this like reckless guy who doesn't give a fuck because of this massive chip on my shoulder, mm-hmm. where it was like I had already been villainized. Like, like in the media. So I basically ran with it and said, mm-hmm. okay, fuck it. If you want to make me a villain, like I'll be like the biggest villain and like mm-hmm. whatever. And I'll get a fan base from like being that villain. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But here's the truth. It's not, it was never my place to speak on that. Mm-hmm. It was never my place to speak on that because 
even though like actually when it happened like there's a lot of people that were like yo like that's all right like we ain't tripping off that like chet's cool even though like th there was a lot of people like that the truth is it's like you got to think about like like the people from like the past generations mm -hmm. mm. like grandmothers it's like it's never gonna be cool with that and and that therefore it makes it like not okay it was never my place to speak on that so let's talk about the project that you're working on right now in Atlanta. So I saw that you were in Atlanta. I saw you went to Magic City on Instagram. I thought, <laughs> I thought maybe you were going there to find, you know, because you love black women. There's a lot of black women in Magic City. I do. Swear. So let's talk about the project. How did, you, uh, how did you get introduced to this opportunity? And do you feel the pressure of acting, you know, because of who your parents are? <laughs> well, yeah, that's, like, that's dope. Yeah. I, got the, I got the role just from auditioning for it. You know, it was just like a like another like I, that's how I've gotten every roles. Like I'm not at the point yet where people are just like offering me roles without yeah, right, me having right. to read. Like I still gotta go and I still gotta audition for it. So that's how I got the role. Um, as far as pressure goes, yeah, I do feel a lot of pressure. I do feel a lot of pressure because you know, uh, like people are I'm under a microscope. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, like, and and that's how I feel like in a, uh, in regards to a lot of the things because, like, not only like am I being judged as an actor compared to my dad. But, you know, when you come from a place of privilege, people are always going to say, like, oh, like, whatever, everything you get. You didn't earn it you, yourself. You didn't get it for yourself. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, like, fuck you. Like, so you got to work twice as hard. Mm -hmm. yeah. You got to work twice as hard to prove to people, no, like, I am worthy of this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't handed to me. I am worthy of this. And that's the truth, because I've worked for everything I have. Mm -hmm. And my parents have never given me money. Like, I, I support myself completely on my own. So for people who aren't really familiar with the Tales Project, you know, it's uh, Irv Gotti's project where he takes classic songs and creates a three-part narrative, you know, so like, fuck the police. What... Can you tell us what song is, you know, part of the storyline that you're okay, involved well, in? Yeah. So each each episode mm -hmm. is a different song. Yeah. So each episode is a different cast. Yeah. Um, so my episode is Fuck the Police. Okay. And, it, and it's the first, it's the season premiere. Okay. Um, the other, they, they also got like Trap Queen is one of the episodes. Uh -huh. um, uh, a Children's Story by Slick Rick is one of the episodes. Um, and I can't, I can't remember the other ones, but mm -hmm. uh Mine, mine's the season premiere. It comes out June twenty seventh, mm -hmm. and it's uh, it's gonna, it's like two hours long, and it's and it's uh, we're doing NWA's "Fuck the Police." Shout out Nafisa Williams. Yeah, shout out Nafisa Williams, my 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 bro uh, Matt Noska, mm -hmm. my cast mates, everyone, everyone. It was like an incredible experience. The whole thing. Mm -hmm. It was really like one of the most incredible work experiences I've ever had. Wow. Shout out Irv. Yeah. So you've never really done an extensive sit down. So what what I just want to know, what do you think the biggest misconception of Chad Hanks is? Mm. That was deep. Mm. I got to think about it. Because if you look at everything that you've said or been said about you, I feel like when you say or do things that are funny or or when you were on drugs and alcohol, it becomes a headline. Then you go on the defense and you go jugular, which I, by the way, I, I ain't gonna lie, sober or not, I respected it. <laughs> uh, because I'm, I'm, you know, I, I understand it, you know, yeah. and like you, but you don't really, there's never, I've never really seen anything that really describes you from your own perspective, you know? It's like yeah. these narratives of people they say about you, you know, so. Um, you should do Love and Hip Hop, by the way. But I just <laughs> what, what, what do you think the, bigger, the biggest misconception is? <clears throat> There's a lot of misconceptions about me, you know, as far as the biggest one. I don't know. I or don't just know. any, any. Um, well, there's a lot of misconceptions, you know, that I'm like, you know, like the, that I've kind of touched on, you know, that that I've like like this like Richie Rich kid who like has this crazy lifestyle or that I'm like this like wannabe thug, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, like like um, 
all these things, you know, and at sometimes, you know, I can only blame myself because sometimes I've carried myself in a way to uh, validate those misconceptions. You know what I'm saying? But the truth is, I'm just a, I'm just a, a real dude. You know what I mean? I, I'm real. You know what I mean? So, so when you pinned that open letter, um, it was a couple years ago, I think. Was that the beginning of this new transition to the person you are now? What was that open letter? On Instagram where you posted about kind of reconciling things in your life and kind of getting rid of the bad things and moving forward and being positive and sober. And then you, you even talked about God, I think, in that post. It was where you were talking about, like, you, you needed to take time to figure out your life, the absence uh, that you'd had on social media. Yeah. You know, and so you'd come back and you were basically explaining your absence and, you know, just personal revelations that you had. That's what Jason's referring to. Yeah. Well, I think that was like right around the time. That was right around the time I, I went off to get cleaned. But I still haven't, like, but... It, let me put it like this: Like, I'm, uh, next month, like I said, it'll be two years sober for me. Nice. The first year is like just like getting clean, like okay, like you know what I mean, like trying to like shed like all the bullshit and just focus on like how can, let me let, let me let me how can I just stay sober? You know what I mean? Then when you get in in a habit of that and you're like okay, like I feel like like I got a handle on this. Then the second year is like okay, like now like how do I find like how do I begin the process of like finding peace? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like finding real peace because like that that inner peace that's like something I never had even like before, even when, like growing up and, uh, and and before I started using drugs it was just like you know what I mean I always felt like ill at ease you know what I mean and th and that once I started getting older you know drugs felt uh, drugs you know worked perfectly because it allowed me to you know like channel that ill at ease and, and, and forget and forget about it and escape yeah. from that. But, you know, it, we all know how that goes. So when you get sober, it's like when you when you really when you get some time under your belt, it's like, OK, like, how can I sit with myself and figure out like what 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 practices I need to implement in my life that are going to allow me to have peace? You know what I mean? And uh, that's what I'm on now. And I, I thank God so much because I finally feel that that that's starting to happen for me. I'm, st I'm finally starting to to find that peace, and I look forward to the future now because every day that goes by, I feel like I'm I'm getting more of it. So you could say, did you really like you found God? Did you get like baptized again? Did you rededicate your life to Christ? Did you? The tricky thing about me is that even when I was like a really like in the depths of of, of like drugs, like I still had a connection with God. Mm. I, I've always like I've al I've always had a real like I've always had the knowledge that God is real. Like people ask me, like, do you believe in God? And I say, no, I don't believe in God because to to believe in God implies that there's room for disbelief. Mm -hmm. I, I I simply am aware of God. I'm a, mm. I, I'm a, I'm aware of His existence, of the reality of God. You know what I'm saying? So, mm. like, I, I had that even when I was on drugs. And it, and it, the tricky part was because sometimes drugs would like I use drugs to try to like like strengthen my connection with Him because I get high and I feel closer. to I God. hear a lot of people say you know that I mean? same thing, especially like on hallucinogenics. You know, like acid and mushrooms and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So, but the, but the thing is, looking back on it, is that. I, I I believed in God, but I had I had no faith in God. Mm. Wow. I knew I, I had awareness of God, but I didn't have any faith in Him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because because I didn't have the faith that He was going to be able to take care of me and take care of my life. Mm. That's why I always thought I was I had to do everything. So you find yourself being mad at Him a lot. Did you ever find yourself literally like I've been at a point where I've cursed Him out, saying no. why? I've never been mad at God. I've just been mad at myself. So, so do you feel like sobriety is what helped you get a closer connection? 
because I had a, I have a friend. I'm not gonna say his name, but when I was really out there, because I'm out there now, but I mean, I used to be way out there. I'm probably not as out there as I wasn't doing shrooms. If I did a fucking shroom, this whole, I would level Hollywood. They would fucking kill me. You would. No, they would fucking kill me. I was always so grateful you didn't get If I get mushroom, cocaine, and Instagram, and Twitter, oh, it's over. Floyd Mayweather, everybody gonna kill me, I'm out. Um, Hollywood's gonna be locked. Hollywood, I'm gonna have to move back to Stockton because niggas gonna be trying to get me. Stockton unlocked. Do you you feel that... um, because I had a friend who used to always say to me when I was in the middle of my storm, like, yo, bro, you need to get with God. I'm like, I pray every day. I, I literally will drive down the street and randomly just thank God that I made it listen today. Listen to gospel music I like no gospel, other. I listen to uh, <laughs> The Storm Is Over Now by Kirk Franklin before I got here. Shout out to his little short ass. Uh, but no, I mean, I had to distance myself from him because I felt like he was projecting this perception that I had somehow been disconnected to God because I was going through my trial, you know, and I feel like we all go through a trial, some bigger than others, but do you feel like the sobriety was able to give you like the mental clarity to get deeper connected to him or what was that journey? Cause you sound completely different than yes, you do, bro. It's two different people, right? Thank now. you. Thank you. Sobriety has allowed me to relinquish my will to God. Mm-hmm. Because as I was said, but as I as I said before, even then I still knew God was real, but I was doing all these toxic, fucked up things in my life that was just sabotaging myself. Mm-hmm. That was just sabotaging my life because I was living completely in my own will. And my own will was like, I want to get high, I want to do this, I want to do. So I'm, I'm, I was just living my life in my own will, and so, so now like, like just I, I knowing that like there are things that I had to change. Like I, it's a, but it's a daily on a daily basis. I have to remind myself, like, yo, like, like, let me try to like turn my will over to God. Let me just try to listen and and and, and see what what He wants me to do next, not what I want to do next. Mm-hmm. And I still and and and, and I fail all, all the time. I fail all the time. But it's like a daily, you know what I'm saying? It's a daily practice. It's a daily practice. And the more you practice it, the more peace I have. Uh, I know you and uh, Wendy have had your moments. Would you ever go on the Wendy Williams show? Well, um. I'm gonna email this. Like I, I, I'm like, uh, you know, it's funny because like a bunch of people have been like telling me like like on Instagram, be like, go on Wendy. I would on. love to see you go, go on because go on I Wendy. because I think she would expect you to be one way as a lot of people have, mm-hmm. and I think you would come on there and just completely surprise her. Yeah. Well, I, I would hope so. I think that I would, but I'm a little hesitant because uh, sometimes like it's, it kind of seems like that show is like her whole audience is just gonna like 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 gonna be prompted to like do whatever like she tells them to do like, but no, no, no. Like let me moment. tell you something i've done wendy's show and she she can be diffused i'm a fan i love her yeah. but she can be diffused and i could see that happening with you like when you she likes to be surprised mm-hmm. because she thinks that she has seen it all you know she is a veteran in this business she's she's seen it all she's been through it all so she is very rarely surprised and you are quite shockingly very just completely just aware and 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 introspective you know and and an an enjoyable interview and i'll be honest i'll be honest he he does he didn't have a publicist call me Mm -hmm. he didn't ask me all the questions and say don't talk about this and that that's why i think it's been a little all over the place because we don't want to you know we want to go where you want to go and i think what she'll find is that you being as open, and I really feel like when you live in your truth, and people get mm. a lot of criticism, I say some of the craziest shit and do yes, some of the craziest does. things. <laughs> See? But, but, you, but, you know, but you know what, though? No matter whether I'm standing next to Floyd Mayweather or I'm next to Oprah. 
you or Oprah, <laughs> or I'm in West Hollywood with all the homosexuals. <laughs> people respect the fact that I am just authentically me. And I feel right, like right. talking to you just today, like I really feel like you haven't ran from a question. You haven't. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're just really being real. Mm-hmm. She can't hate that. Yeah. I think what she does good is she she does do those little jabs to try yeah. to throw you off. But if you yeah. focus, I would love to see you yeah. on Wendy. Yeah. And just a double Dutch back in there, man, just to pick Double up Dutch off. was a game for girls. But no, actually, actually, bro. Actually, you said bro, no gay geo does, stuff my during daughter does double dutch very well <laughs> listen just to pick about what he said speaking with you now we know who you are we know who you're the the, the you know the spawn from i don't feel like spawn the spawn i'm from. sorry i, I spawned from <laughs> i spawned from which means i came from i just feel like i'm talking to Progeny, a cool motherfucker is the word you're Thanks, looking man. for a cool ass dude that i met mm-hmm. motherfucker at beverly mm-hmm. center and we uh, had a few drinks at the dime bar. Uh, and that's good, man. So God bless you and everything Red you do. Bull. Thank you for Thanks le- for coming, Spawn. And thanks for <laughs> and, and Gio, thanks for letting your six fans online know that you're you've met Chad before. I brought him to the show. You look like but a no, UPS but, truck. Well, that's okay. And oh if it's a God. full of bunch of bottom homosexuals, you'd be right there to take them. Listen, All right, so we look, know Chet, Chet, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you guys. Thank you for thank trusting you. us. Chet, thank you so much. And, thank, uh, you out. thank you guys. God bless you. Um, let's just jump right into the week in recap, starting with you, Miss Melissa Ford. Um. I was in Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, having a... Was, Gallivanting. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, I don't appreciate that the way I found out you were going to Vegas was a jet yeah. uh, photo mm-hmm. posted to Claudia Jordan's Instagram, who I didn't know was now your new BFF. This is I what's like this, that. I'm happy for Well, that. I don't know how... Well, I don't know what to feel about it because, you know, their relationship <laughs> is just like a roller coaster well, at fucking Magic Mountain. Um, okay, well, you were watching my Snapchat, so you probably saw it there first. Yes. No, a- I saw it on Claudia Jordan's Instagram first. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. Then I started doing my research. Yeah. Okay. I was watching too. I was researching too. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, Claudia's cool. We we do have like a little bit of a history that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I feel like part of the reason why we've, you know, had downs is because there's, you know, been other people's interaction. Yeah, but that that was... But then I'll also say that she did need to mature a little bit. I will definitely say she definitely (laughs) needed to mature a little bit. I feel this fight coming on again. (laughs) No, and she... and, And Hollywood has just a way of like, you know, just, I don't know. Just not, get, getting the worst out of people. people. Okay, but my concern doesn't lie where you and Claudia Jordan get along because I really don't give a fuck about that. Okay. The more you guys you fight, did. the more Hollywood Unlocked has content. Okay, but I do want to know. No, wait, hold on. No. When I see a jet. Uh, yeah, I was. Because, see, once the jet photo got posted, I timed that motherfucker and it was about 55 minutes until you posted. So I said, okay, that's a Vegas flight because yep. if you were flying East Coast. <laughs> yep. The shit wouldn't have been able to post all the, the same way. Shit. So then I'm like, okay, well, let me hit Floyd. Hey, Floyd, what's going on in Vegas this weekend? Did you, um, is Melissa coming out there? Nah, I ain't talked to Melissa. Okay, so Champ didn't send the flight. Mm-hmm. So now we got a problem because I'm not in the loop. So I'm thinking pretty much in the back of my mind, that was a Claudia situation that set that up. Possibly. Uh-huh. I got gonna, that vibe. I'm going to let uh, Melissa live because I know all the real details. But y'all look like y'all had a really good time. We had a really... I saw you getting dressed on your on the, the, her live. Yeah. I watched. And, yeah. was, of course, we saw the ass photos from the pool. Yes. Yes. I looked. Yes. I tell you, yes. These Instagram thoughts, I tell you. Listen, shut the fuck up, okay? Listen, I, I, listen I'm proud of my real assets, yes. okay? I just want to remind everybody as to what a real ass looks like Stand these up days. Stand she, yes. Oh yes. Why does she need to stand up and show them when we have Instagram? Yeah. We can see your ass all day. Sit your ass down. Watch how many Sit guys that look ass that part right there. Okay. Well, listen. Welcome back um, from Vegas. Thanks. I hope I hope that everything works out. Yeah. Me too. 
because he's actually pretty hot. <laughs> did you get drunk? Did you get turned? No, I did not. Okay. Um, no. Sorry. She was at Dre's and you were drinking. I saw your Instagram. I had Snapchat. a couple of cocktails, but I was also acting as security. How good was the cocktail? <laughs> Drop the tail. <laughs> anyway, ah. welcome back. Yeah. Gio- Giovanni, Thank what you. did you do that just, does not include a hookah lounge? Uh, I was just at home, you know, nothing, man. Gio, Gio, you have to start getting out for good conversation. You know what? Because I, listen, I'm tired of your little six-member Gio army. Now you got an extra fucking got follower. Somebody now. got their grandma to get on her, her laptop. Here's the deal. I, I am tired of the fans saying, oh, he's just bragging and boasting about being with this celebrity. That's listen, I'm sorry that my life no, is no, lit no, and you, ain't you in the basement. I could easily go... And gallivant, I love that I'm learning new words. I can call up all these celebrities. I could do that, but I just, I don't be doing shit, man. I be at home reading scripts. Okay, That's listen, what I really be if doing. I'm going to sit here and do this show and smell this mic that smells like ass, <laughs> I don't know what fucking I really be at home <laughs> baboon was on this mic before I me. I be at home, like, going, making my, like, going over my impersonations, you know, going over sets. I host a lot of events, so I'm going over, you know, bullet points because it's always a heavy load of... Hosting shit. So, I don't okay. so you're always working. I'm always working, Listen, man. you just wanted to say heavy load. We know. Oh, <laughs> but, but part of being in Hollywood is also getting out and networking. You got to get out well, there. You know How what? do you think I get invited to so many fabulous things? Well, the thing things? is, I don't get, I mean, I get invited to a shitload of things. That's mm-hmm. a lie. I do. I yeah. really do. I was invited to the documentary, uh, Chris Brown's premiere the other day. And I you didn't go? I chose not to go. Why? Because I was at home studying a script for a big audition that I have tomorrow. Which is more important. You know, I love Chris. It's my boy. You know, but I'd rather be at home studying my craft to get where he is. Okay. You know? I... You couldn't take like two hours? But you nah, see, the thing this, about it is... I, my audition had, was 16 pages of sides. The thing about it is you never know when you're out an opportunity can arise while you're out. Somebody will see you and go, oh my God, I well, need yeah, you for this project. Well, yeah, that's how I got this audition because I was out. Okay, so you should have kept Prior going out. Yeah. I mean, I really just want you to go out so I can start having a fair balance with our fans. Well, so they can stop saying, stop showing out, Jason. No, I mean, like, you make me want to stay no, home. No, amongst the three of us, we all have a plethora of connections and celebrity friends that we can... Boy, stop it. With. I love the effect that I'm having, the positive effect that I'm ha- having on you. Thank you. But you should go traipse around town every once in a while. I do. I just decided to stay at home last night and really just dive in. Well, I mean, we could have talked about the Chris Brown documentary if you'd gone to the motherfucking screen. Well, I, I mean, I saw the, I saw the, well, I saw the trailer like a year ago. Well, so I a couple know about, about it. a year ago, um, when he was before he beat up his manager Mike G, who's a friend, mm-hmm. um, I was helping trying to help them sell that documentary to STX Entertainment. We had a meeting, mm-hmm. presented. And then they didn't, my friend Ryan at STX didn't want to buy it because he said it would have a hard time selling. I'm like, this is still Chris Brown. I don't care what anybody says. Chris has a lot of issues or has had a lot of uh, significant uh, moments in time that have not been positive, but he's still a superstar and and a fan base that's all over the world. And at the end of the day, everyone loves a train wreck. We stop to watch the carnage. We stop to watch the blood and see if we can see body parts, you know, and this is obviously a figurative way of speaking. But because of all of his, you know, antics and, you know, brushes with the law, et cetera, et cetera. He would be fascinating to watch. But people are you very know? critical of Hollywood Unlocked and they say, oh, you hate ass motherfucker. Post good shit about Chris Brown. Listen, we post good. We post what's happening in the news that may not be good. But the thing about it is this documentary focuses heavily on the moments surrounding Rihanna. But, uh, and, but. and and it really is. It is a trials of triumph kind of um, scenario. But the show itself does center around yeah. his relationships with Carucci, his relationship Did with Rihanna. Did he approve this shit? 
He created it with wow. Revington Entertainment. Yeah, Revington Entertainment. But okay. the thing I love about this movie that's given him a platform is we never got a chance to hear Chris's side. Never. Right. And from the hashtags and the people posting that they went, everybody said it's remarkable. It, it made people fall in love with him again. And that's why I applaud Lil Mama for taking that platform that she did and speaking up for him because now I think this documentary coming out will help put um, a lot of things to bed and will help... Um, you know, okay, the well, world to I'm forgive sorry. him. Give the context as to how Little Mama. Uh, Little Mama did an interview where she talked about and defended Chris Brown yeah, and his indiscretions and mm-hmm. said that people need to let him live. But again, Little Mama's known as being a stunt queen, and anytime she can have an opportunity to throw something out there to get on, she does it. I'm not saying that was her intentions. Yeah, I don't but talk she was to the girl. The truth. I agree with 100. percent Yeah, a lot of people did, and a lot of people didn't. But the thing about Chris in this documentary is that you know, Chris. You know, I, I thought about this yesterday. As much as I used to really, really like Chris, he's not a person that I personally want to know anymore. Like, I don't want a relationship with him anymore because I feel like over the years we all change. I've changed. Mm-hmm. He's changed. Mm-hmm. You've changed. Everybody mm-hmm. changes. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like the Chris Brown that I knew, even at 19 and 20, going through the whole Rihanna thing, mm-hmm. he's just so far gone from that now. Mm-hmm. You know? I, yeah. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think how so. How not? Let me tell you something. I remember uh-huh. when I interviewed Chris Brown... In like 2005 or six or something like that. And he was so bright eyed and bushy tailed and look a butterfly, you know, <laughs> like I'm not fucking yeah, joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, he's, he's definitely gone through a massive metamorphosis. I remember when we saw him at Dre's, yeah. he was bojangling it across the fucking stage. You not know, he's, he, yes, he, he, yeah, he was dancing, dancing. Yes. Right. He was dancing his ass off. But God, the physical change, there's no dispute and as to the I, amount of And let's be clear, when we did the Trayvon Martin campaign, when we did the Trayvon Martin campaign, Chris was one of the few big celebrities to actually wear the shirt, promote the shirt, tweet and Facebook the shirt, although his team did it, he still allowed it to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it took my my thing and what I'm saying is impersonal. I used to really like Chris Brown and actually because I come from a place where I've been judged for things that I've done in my past. I actually supported him. But I just think where I am right now in life, I am trying as much as this last show we did has created controversy to get mm. drama out of my life. You know, yeah. just focus on my work. And and I just feel like his surroundings right now and the people around him are just not the people that I want to associate with. Yeah, I, well. I, I think when it comes to Chris, most people are just like, please don't please don't end up like, you know, a lot of the greats yeah. have like Jimi Hendrix, um, like Janice Joplin. And he's around the in same age. Defense, 27, in defense, yeah. This last well, tour no, party tour, I went to see him in Chicago. He's not, he wasn't drinking or smoking. Like I said, he sounded, <clears throat> he sounded amazing. Um, and I think his daughter royalty, because I have a daughter, I think that has... Has um, had a positive effect a positive on his life. She is just a pretty, you know. I mean, I've seen him, and, and I see that gleam in his eye that he had when he first came out. Like well, he wants to, he wants it again. And to be and fair, and to be fair to the audience, I've talked to his baby mom, who was actually promised to interview with mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. Um, and she has a completely different perspective on how involved he is in her life. Well, um, but, again, too. but again, but <laughs> again, well, you and I aren't here to debate his relationship right, he has with right. his baby mom. She mm-hmm. fucked him. She had the baby. That's their relationship. That's True. a yeah. fact. Mm-hmm. We can have our opinion as all the listeners do on the outside, but I'm just saying from what she said to me personally, and hopefully at some point soon, she'll be here to explain it for herself, is that she has a different perspective. I want to be clear because people are going to say, oh, he's hating on Chris Brown. I used to really love Chris Mm. Brown, the person. Mm. And I really, as a friend uh, at that time, felt 
like we all did. To, we wanted to protect him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, hopefully this video, this movie does well for him. Hopefully royalty is an inspiration Jonathan. in his life. And hopefully he continues to soar because I don't want to see anything bad happen to Chris. Yeah. So, okay, this past week, first let me start by saying that um, I only have one apology for the last show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> only one apology. I never apologize for my opinions and my point of views because they are my point of views. And I said this at one of our earlier shows that now that I've really gotten into Hollywood Unlocked, I am so loyal to my brand and my brand is about facts and truth. Mm -hmm. What it's not about is using the platform for personal attacks. So mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. only thing I apologize for is calling Amber Rose a bitch. Right. 60% of our listeners are women. Yeah. Um, I have five sisters. My sister called. She was just like, yo, everything you said was dope, but you shouldn't have called her a bitch. Right. That to me made it personal. So for that to Amber Rose, I apologize for calling you a bitch. Yeah. Now, everything else I said, I ain't apologize. He was all over the else. blogs, bro. He was everywhere. That's okay. But that's the, that, but listen, when you have an opinion and you create a public platform, people are going to write about what you write. You know yeah. what, what you say? The one thing I found interesting, because I actually was going back and forth with Bossa, right? Their mm -hmm. first title was Jason Lee Slams Amber Rose. Yeah. Then the next day it was like Thirsty Blogger Slams Amber oh, Rose. <laughs> but this is the deal. I've, I've spent money with Boss Up. Mm. I, I don't have a problem with Boss Up. I love the fact that Hollywood Unlocked is growing to the extent that people feel a need to attack me. And mm. that's okay. Mm. I, don't, I don't take it personal. I literally don't lay in bed and go, oh my God, I can't believe they said this and that or whatever. I really don't. Yeah. But I did, I did watch the show and my own criticism of my own participation was, okay, I believe in women and I believe in the feminist movement. Mm -hmm. I believe in people like Gloria Steinem and Oprah and other mm -hmm, mm -hmm. people that have done whatever they can to contribute to the advancement of women. Mm -hmm. So that way women are treated equally as men. Mm -hmm. um, I was watching The View yesterday. There was an author on the show and she was talking about, you know, things she did to stay competitive in media. She had facelifts. She did all these crazy things mm -hmm. to feel like she could be equal to a man. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like women should have to go through that. But I also... Mm -hmm firmly believe that a slut walk and the way that it's happening here mm -hmm. without knowing how many, I, I do want to do my research mm -hmm. uh, because we have Benzino coming on the show who mm -hmm. has had his own feelings about the slut walk mm -hmm. is how much money are you creating slut scholarships? Are you <laughs> creating? No. And I'm not even trying to be right. funny, playing on the word, right? Yeah. Provide scholarships, provide programs, go and speak to little girls and tell them that just because they're a woman that doesn't make them less than a man. And because they're a woman, they are greater than a man because they gave the man life. Right. You know, do something to empower women. I can be critical of a platform, but I think when I lash out and say how I feel mm -hmm. personally mm -hmm. in this arena, it kind of dims down the light from what I'm trying to say. I, I would I would have to agree. What's funny about that is I... the. I become the byproduct of that, you know, because I'm supposed to sit here and I'm supposed to defend all women. So when you launch That's into deep. a tangent and, you know, go fucking like, Ape you know, no, scorched earth on motherfuckers. <laughs> and then I'm expected to check you motherfuckers. You try it. You try that. <laughs> but, okay? I don't, but I don't I think this this is, you know, when you go off on your rants or he he doesn't really go off on a rant. But when you do or when mm. I do or and if, if he was to, yeah. we're allowed to say our, well, our point of view. It's true. And you are welcome to your opinions and, you know, you, you can be challenged on them, but they belong to you. Yeah. But when you call Amber Rose a bitch or when you went off on Monice and called her Honice and all these things, 
the the fucking blowback, the you. fucking brains are all over my face. And this isn't to say anything to you. Like it's not a criticism to what you. It's more like this is just a this is just my reality. And it's mm-hmm. more like people listen. Okay, this is a this is a show where he's got his own opinions. And yes, we will debate back and forth. But I I choose my battles. That's just basically it. I just choose where I want to integrate my opinion and whatnot. And there's things that you said about Amber that I kind of do agree with mm-hmm. my level of confusion. And maybe it's not just her. The whole slut walk thing, slut shaming. I fucking hate the phrase. I hate it. I hate it. And I also don't, I know what she's trying to say. I know that she's trying to say that, you know, as a woman, just because you wear something doesn't mean that you should be, you know, judged and and, and misunderstood or whatever the case is, or, or just basically dismissed or whatever the case is. But that's not reality. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't, there, there's there's just, I, I feel like the message is not very clear cut or maybe yeah. I don't have a good enough understanding Honestly, of it. I, I think a lot of people are really confused by the message. You know, well, listen, I'm, I'm a woman who made a career off of being sexual, okay? Um, but it was clearly a business. When those cameras went off, I put my jogging pants on and I went the fuck home. And I, or I probably like, you know, had dinner with the crew or whatever. But like, it was it was just, it was just a business. And I knew how to like counter, counter those images with a lot of like, you know, responsible action. And to talk about the fact it's just business. It's just, you know, it, it's it's just something that I do. It's it's adult entertainment. It's not nude, but it's not for everybody's eyes. You well, know? listen, let me just, let me be very clear because I, I don't personally respond to any, I don't report to anybody. I say what the fuck I want to say. Except Jesus. Um, I report to who, I don't report to anybody <laughs> because we don't report to Jesus. Jesus is not a report card, okay? So let me be very clear. I don't apologize for any opinion or belief that I have on this show, nor, you know, if you guys are getting shot in drive-bys, I would say buy some Kepler and let's go. <laughs> uh, but, but let me just say like another thing that really bothered me was what I said about Carucci was not in any way negative. In fact, I said a lot of positive things about Carucci mm. and I've talked to, Cru- I mean, I've communicated with Carucci myself, so she's clear. I'm clear. Yeah. We cool. Yeah. I love and respect Carucci. I think she's done a dynamic job of building her brand. What did they say you said about they it? Basically, they basically, I saw that in the comments a lot of blog, See, here's yeah. the thing what people have to realize. I'm going to school the audience. Bloggers, people like me that work online, we rely on you clicking our inform- uh, clicking our links for us to get paid. It's Click. called clickbait. Mm-hmm. So if I write a title and say Melissa Ford busted wide open for Floyd Mayweather, I'm clicking that. You're gonna click it. <laughs> now I'm when you that. get in there, if she's if she like busted her head falling in his house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That may be the story, but to click to get your money, to get your business, we baited you to click our link. Mm-hmm. So they basically said, I, Jason Lee goes crazy on Carucci and Amber Rose. Of right. course you want to click to find out what the fuck I said. Yeah. And then when you get in there, they tried to, the way they creatively told the story, it made it look like I attacked both. So yeah. I, I reached out to Carucci. I'm not reaching out to Amber Rose. I have nothing to fucking say to her. Right. right. And again, I don't hate Amber Rose. My whole point of addressing the issue was, I don't talk bad about her brand. I am critical of the slut walk because I don't understand its purpose. And I heard she had something to say about Hollywood Unlocked, so I created a pathway for my message to get to her. Now, I know she got that message. Mm. Yo, absolutely. Now, whether she responds or doesn't respond, I'm okay with that. But as long as she knows, I know you talking shit. Mm. And if you want to talk to me, come here and talk on our show. Or let's sit down and have a conversation. I did get a text message from a phone number that I didn't know that said, keep saying my name on your motherfucking show, bitch. Mm. I'm assuming that I don't know who it is. It could be anybody. It could be anybody. But, you know, I I, called it back. They didn't answer. You know, I would would go out on a limb to say that she would have, um, she would have a better, 
you know, conversation with us here on this show, then I feel like she was the opportunity she was given um, on Reverend Run and Tyrese's show. They brought her on the show literally just to condemn her. I watched that episode and I was disgusted with what they did. With what, what show how, is this? It was the show with Rev Ryan and Tyrese and oh, on VH1. Okay. I fr- what a man said. I don't know. A fucking stupid shit. man's opinion. I don't okay. fucking know. It irritated the shit out of me because this was one instance where I was just like, they li- she, they're literally... They're literally bashing just her. like, yeah, bashing her like right in front of her face. She she did a great job and she was very dignified and very elegant and very eloquent. I loved watching her See, in, in that. And when you guys said, you know, when you've met her, she's sweet. Every, yeah, sweet. Let me be honest. She's never been rude to me. Mm-hmm. She's never been disrespectful to mm-hmm. me. But her team told me that a third party got to her and told her, don't fuck with me. So she decided Not I ain't fucking with him right. okay. when we've always been cool. Right. And we supported the launch of her emoji. We've been supportive of the Amber Amber Rose uh, stuff. And Mm -hmm. we have been critical of the slut walk, but that is the extent. We've always said how good of a mom she is. We've always Mm -hmm. said how beautiful her son is. We've always supported her. So I didn't understand, and I still don't understand... You know, I'm not that type of person. You can't come to me and say, don't fuck with Melissa. I'm Mm -hmm. going, and and she will tell you. Mm -hmm. She came to me a long time ago and told me not to fuck with somebody. And Mm -hmm. I didn't listen to her. Mm -hmm. I got burnt by that person. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay. But I had to have my own experience. Mm -hmm. I am not from Hollywood. I live here. I work here. My company's Hollywood Unlocked. But I'm a Mm -hmm. real motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Now, if we were all sitting in the living room and you said, and I said, oh, what do you think about so-and-so? You'd be like, fuck that nigga. Mm -hmm. And I may be like, if you ask me, what do you think about him or her? I may be like, that nigga's a bitch or she's a bitch. But see, mm-hmm. I understand having this platform when you yeah. say somebody's a bitch yeah. that that transcends beyond a normal conversation. This, this feels like our living room a lot of the time. <laughs> and, 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 no, and honestly, the, that conversation yeah. was like, you forget the mic. We're just talking. The, the camera's yeah. on. You yeah. forget yeah. that a yeah. lot. Exactly. And, you know, back to the whole slut walk thing. I think that really, honestly, what my problem is like, you know, we try to everyone. There's this argument of trying to diffuse the word nigger or nigger mm-hmm. or whatever the case is, mm-hmm. you know, thank God I'm half black so I can use it, you know, unlike our guest um, who's coming in later. Um, but anyways, Good that was, trash. that was the Good segue. Trade, right, right. Yeah, exactly. But so people have made the argument that to use the word is to try to diffuse the word. And so I guess that's the, I want to know, is that the premise for use it for slut using walk. the word slut? In terms of like a positive motivational. We can sit here all day and go back and forth about what, what, what. Amber Rose, I'm telling you right now, ain't never going to come and sit in this chair. She She won't. You never know. Hold on. Let me tell you why she won't. Because every celebrity that calls, every single celebrity that calls and says, I want to come on that show, I want to come on that show, but I got to approve the questions first. We don't approve the questions. Today, Chet Hanks, son of Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson is coming in. Mm. You know, I... Was that lunch with Melissa? Mm-hmm. Literally the morning I saw him walking up while mm-hmm, we were sitting mm-hmm, at lunch, mm-hmm. I had thought, I want to interview this guy because I just find him fascinating, mm-hmm, right? Just mm-hmm. out the blue. Boom, here he comes. This it's organically happened. Yeah. You know, Universe. for him, for him, he was like, I've never done a sit-down interview. I'm like, listen, come. He was a little nervous because he was like, what y'all going to ask? And I said, listen, as a practice, we don't approve or disapprove questions. Yeah. It's going to be a great experience. Yeah. And I think everybody that leaves here feels that way. But yeah. there is a lot of fear to come on this show. I talked to Ski, who owns Dash Radio. Yeah. He told me that... He gets the most complaints and the most calls <laughs> about, about our show. Law. 
Which know, is a and, good thing. And they struggled to book because I was like, y'all motherfuckers ain't booking nobody. He was like, people are afraid to come mm. on your show. But I'm going to tell you, we are the truth. Mm-hmm. Amen. We're the truth. We are going to always Ooh. ask the questions that the fans want to know, but we're going to do it in a way that makes you feel comfortable. And so for that reason is why I do apologize to Amber because... Our brand is not about lashing out and mm-hmm. attacking. Even I if I feel you. that way privately or personally, yeah. I could have I could have um, tempered that a little bit. So I do apologize for that. But I don't apologize for being critical. Hey, listen, of the brand. and it's hard to get an apology out of. Uh, I almost call him J Lo, Jason. <laughs> oh so I commend God. you on that. And You're, that was no shade, Jason. You were I really cruising love for a fucking bruising, I almost man. Almost really called you J Lo, but I listen, love you. Listen, listen. <laughs> I'm not worried about it because before I even got to the show today, I said to myself, I'm interviewing a son. Of, of Hollywood yeah, royalty. royalty, I won't. I won't talk about Gio being a homosexual. Before I can get my to the, viewers are not going to love. Before that. I can get to the studio, and shout out to your girlfriend who helped you out with that term, emasculate, because I only follow the gay shit that you say. What are you talking about? I got one more thing I want to say. So shout out to Amber Rose. I apologize Gio for calling you a bitch. Assemble. Shout out to Amber Rose for calling you a bitch. Okay, here we go. Yesterday, yes. so I got invited to meet Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Yo, I'm fucking mad. I want to hear this story. Stop talking. <laughs> so I get this invitation from my friend. I'm going to say her full name, Saptosa Foster from the 135th Street Agency. I'm gonna tell you why. When I was at Essence Festival last year, me and the team were exhausted because it's so fucking hot out there. Oh my and God. if you don't drink a lot of water, yes. Joe asked it to get dehydrated and yes. get tired. So yes. I was tired. So no, I, I see Saptosa as I'm going in my that hotel. Name. And Saptosa says, um, I want to invite you to a dinner. No, mm-hmm. I saw her at the Ciroc brunch. Yeah. I said, uh, she said, I want to invite you to a dinner. I said, okay, send me the invite. So she sends the invite. It's literally just a black car with like the address and all that. I'm like, I ain't going to that dinner. It was Oprah Winfrey's dinner. So I was pissed, pissed. The next day, Claudia Jordan and I are stalking Oprah in the mezzanine, but we can't get in <laughs> because they roped it all off. And we see Oprah walk by and wave. And I'm like, fuck. So I've always had it in my heart to meet Oprah, and I'm going to tell you why. When I was younger, my brother got murdered. You know the story. Mm. I, was, I was very depressed. I fell into a deep depression. That's where the drinking started. That's where the uh, gaining of the weight started. That's mm-hmm. where a lot of, I think, just issues uh. around um, life in general happened for me because it was such a life-changing thing. Mm. Oprah, it was her show 10 years later, and I literally was like mourning for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Saw a show where Dr. Phil was on the show with this woman whose mm-hmm. daughter had died, and he said, she said, Oprah said, what are you going to do when you leave the show? She said, well, I was planning on going home and killing myself. And Dr. Phil was like, really? And he said, why are you going to continue to mourn over the one day your daughter died instead of living to celebrate the whole life she lived? It was that show that made me literally, Damn, that was literally, that mm-hmm. was the last day I cried about. It. I mean, I could still get emotional. Yeah. Right. But it was the last day that I was like actively mourning my brother's death. So I had always wanted to tell Oprah this. I didn't get to tell her this yesterday because, of course, when you're in her presence, yeah. it's just so like. You just lose the power of speech. Like, I, have, I have said, it's God, <laughs> a stroke. Jesus, <laughs> Oprah, then Beyonce, no, right? Michael Jackson has to be in there somewhere. I walk, I walk in the room. Mm. There's a bunch of people in the room. Yeah. Variety, all these outlets. And you know what? They weren't sitting in the front row. I'm like, are you fucking nuts? See, this is the difference between a person that's a go-getter and that wants it and a person that just want to be in the room. Yeah. I sat right in the front seat. Yeah. And I put my arms and I was waiting for Oprah. So Oprah comes out. Her security's there. Clearly, they spot me. Clearly, these are black <laughs> men. Clearly, these are black men. So clearly, they've seen Love and Hip Hop. Because mm-hmm. they're watching me the whole time. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, what's up? 
<laughs> how you doing? Because I'm trying to make friends with security because you know if you're cool with them, that's how you get in. Yeah. So I'm telling the girls next to me, I said, they said we can't take no photos. They were like, yeah. I said, we're going to take a photo. They're like, this is not going to happen. I said, no, we're going to take a photo. So I go up to her security afterwards. I go, hey, bro, can I, can I get a photo? He was like, nah, she's not doing a photo. I said, okay, not a problem. So I waited in the pocket. The same way I did Beyonce when I jumped from behind the tree. I waited in the pocket. <laughs> oh and I'm God. standing there with my phone. And I keep tapping my phone so it so doesn't go, so it doesn't lock. <laughs> my phone is open. My picture is ready. So Oprah walks up and I go, and she looks at me. She, she The funny thing is the way I was stalking her, she felt like, this he nigga thinks I'm his prey. Right. I was stalking her with this look. And so she hit the corner and she looked at me and I go, okay, I had a whole bunch of shit I wanted to say to you, but I forgot. And she goes, well, it's nice to meet you. I'm Oprah. I go, I know you are Jason. I think I made a curtsy or bowed or kissed her hand. I don't remember. <laughs> so I was like, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you. So then she left and I was like, fuck, I didn't get a chance to ask her. For a picture. For a picture or just anything. Like, I, okay, I need to have a better memorable moment. So I wait. I walk mm-hmm. a little ahead. And then she comes back around. She looks at me and she goes, you back? I go, hi. I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> I was just like, um, I own Hollywood Unlocked. She looked at my name tag. I said, I own Hollywood Unlocked. I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you. That was all I said. And wow. I like, so she walks away. And now I'm like, so I go over to get a soda. And I think my whole team is in the chat room saying, you better get a picture. We know you're going to get a picture. So I'm thinking, okay, I can't be no bitch. Jason Lee ain't no bitch. Okay, I ain't got no bitch. Okay, okay, okay. This <laughs> is it. Now you're turning this to a stalker it. now. So I now pump myself up. She goes and takes photos. So people are trying to get a photo. And Oprah's like, no, I'm not doing any photos because if I take one, I got to take one with everybody. Yeah. So she said, fine, just get your cameras out. So she's walking, walking, walking. And they're trying to get it. And people can't get their phones. My shit is ready. As soon as Oprah walked up. She went like this and I took the picture you caught her and she drive. goes, now that's how you do it. And she gave me a high five and I was like, yes, I had my moment. And she walked away. And from that picture, I said, yeah, she was walking. But it no. was in a quick drift. I was like, damn, he got a, you got a picture. She was, I have was a, she throwing up a gang sign? I have a picture. Listen, that's we are hilarious. not going to disrespect no, Oprah Winfrey. No, what was she throwing up, bro? She, she was throwing up $2.9 billion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? She, I, I I fell in love with Ava DuVernay yesterday. Oh, I love her. She's because so she, her their relationship, the dynamic she was speaking about women being in front of the film uh, camera, but also how important it is for women to be directors, mm-hmm. and how season two of Queen Sugar, which was what I was there for, mm-hmm. is directed by all women. Oh wow! Um, and the movie Wonder Woman that I went to go see the other night is mm-hmm. directed by a woman as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the movie's phenomenal. And, Oprah, and I hate women. Yeah, movies. Oprah and Ava doing Ava do. Ava DuVernay. Ava DuVernay, they're doing a uh, twinkle in time. Yeah, a, a wrinkle in time. A twinkle. It's a wrinkle in time. A, she talked about it yesterday. It's okay. I was there. It's sorry. a wrinkle in time. But close, but where I fell close. in love, but where I fell in love with the duo was Selma, and Selma was such a dynamic movie. <laughs> twinkle. <laughs> Not he thinking of the West Hollywood version, the musical. Okay, listen, the movie. I mean the the. <laughs> Okay. The two of them together and how they support each other. There was a moment that wasn't caught on camera that I want to share. <laughs> Ava's talking about how Oprah gave her full control. Mm-hmm. Wow. She was like, yeah, you know, Oprah gave me full control. There was a moment. Ava didn't see this, but Oprah was sitting on there and she was like this. <laughs> <laughs> that was that bitch. What? You know, but um, just being in her presence. And this is the only thing I want to say, because our guest just walked in, mm. is that. There are times that I really struggle (laughs) with doing the work that I do the way I do it because I literally am a cross between Oprah Winfrey and Wendy Williams with a dick. That fucking visual is fucking fucked (laughs) up, bro. On one hand, I want to have mega influence, mega reach, 
and and do really good for people. Mm -hmm. I really wholeheartedly yeah. really do. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I have an obligation as a fan and as a consumer of pop culture to tell it how it is. Mm -hmm. And I have a dick. Right. So you, that always you know, seems to creep its because way if you into think the about it in Hollywood, most people are just super super polished mm -hmm. and branded no, and packaged, yeah. and some people are super reckless. Yes. I feel like literally I'm in the middle. Yeah. I would like to be in the middle. Yeah, between two tops.